Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the world transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all. The one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic, not to mention amazing. How are you, my friend? (laughs) Amazing Wednesday. I am doing great, doing great. It's an amazing Wednesday, and I managed to work the word amazing right there into the title. Try to do that at least a couple times a month. I'd like to do it every week, but sometimes it, sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't fit. So we, we do what we can. But we got an amazing show tonight. And I think, for those of you listening along, you're going to notice a theme. There's a very definite theme to the stories we're covering tonight. They're all about kind of one thing. Actually, we're, we're following one story, as a matter of fact. It's just uh, as covered in several different media pieces. But we're going to build on an initial story that was correct in its basic outlook, but far, far uh, under par in terms of understanding what it was actually talking about, and a couple of corrections to that, and then a final piece that uh, takes it even, takes the whole idea even further than that. So I'll stop being mysterious, and we'll just talk about this. Here we go. It begins with trendingbuffalo.com. I don't know. Do you read Trending Buffalo very often, Stephen? I, it's not. It's not a site I spend a lot of time on. But um, I don't guess I do. I, I, um, maybe perhaps I should start though, because it's pretty <laughs> you know, keep up with what's happening in Buffalo, right? But in the uh, apparently the lifestyle section, something called Uncle Steve's Buffalo, right on. Anyway, the the story was everything from 1991 Radio Shack ad. I now do with my phone, and this is a very familiar theme. We've we've published that picture before of the guy laden down with all the equipment, right, with the camcorder and the stereo, and he's got the TV, and he's got all the CDs, and he's got all the DVDs, and the, all that stuff. He's got the, the, uh, the camera fact, and everything I think else. This, this, exact, uh, we, this exact story, Phil, I, I, I'm thinking Uncle Steve um, may have like uh, gotten into the old speculist archives or something, because this is almost exactly a blog post that one of us uh, published years ago. But well, I'm there you not, go. not to take anything away. But, uh, because well, I don't think we keyed it to a, to a specific Radio Shack ad from 1991. That's Uncle Steve's genius. So we'll give, <laughs> oh, okay. Him, uh, okay. we'll give him credit for He found this old 1991 Radio Shack ad, and he said, you know what? I do that with my phone. I do that with my phone. I do that with my phone. And all this stuff, things we did mention in the old Speculus post, stereo, AM, FM, clock radio, in-stereo phones, calculator, camcorder, cellular phone, speed dial phone, CD player, desktop scanner, all of that stuff, uh, answering machine. It was all there. It's all there in his phone today. And Oh, and a handheld cassette recorder. So these are all devices that were available for sale, Radio Shack in 1991, which he says, hey, you know what? I do all that stuff with my phone today. And he added them all up. And he said, "Wow, check it out! That would have cost you thirty—excuse uh, me, three thousand fifty-four dollars and eighty-two cents back in 1991 to buy all that stuff. Or if you were spending that kind of money today, fifty-one hundred dollars. So when you look at what right. your iPhone costs you, what a great bargain the iPhone is, right? 
<laughs> even if you bought the iPhone 10 for 995 bucks, right? You're getting a five to one return on your money in terms of all those all those pieces that you could have bought or that you would have had to have bought and all the inconvenience that you would have encountered buying all that surplus stuff from Radio Shack back in the day. So there you go. That was the initial take on this story. And I would say Uncle Steve, so far so good, right? He's, he's yeah. correct, at least in his basic approach. Well, and, you know, is it any wonder, Phil, that um, Radio Shack is, has gone away? I mean, it's <laughs> right. Radio Shack was there to outfit us with, you know, the latest stuff. And, and it did, to, to its credit, Radio Shack tried to become, uh, to kind of convert at, in, its, in its waning days, tried to convert itself into sort of a, uh, a smartphone, you know, uh, uh, store. And they did. They tried that. But it was, it was a little too, it was too little too late at that point. It, right, it had, and that it had always sold all these old gadgets that people weren't buying anymore because we all have, you know, an everything device in our pocket, and um, that, and so we don't need all these things anymore. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I I recall Phil. Uh, I in, I think it was you know pretty pretty soon after uh, I started writing uh, for the Speculist. Uh, it would have been probably two thousand six, two thousand seven. I I posted something about. Uh, Remember the Batman utility belt? Post, oh yeah, perhaps. Oh, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I, it was. I was bemoaning the fact that uh, we didn't have an everything device yet. That I thought right. one might be around the corner, but that if I wanted everything that you know everything that I want, if if I was to to carry all these devices that that would provide everything I wanted, I'd be. I'd have to wear a Batman utility belt and have all these devices lined up all around the the belt. And that, of course, no one does that, and, and I wasn't going to do that. But, uh, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe in a few years we'll have something. And uh, it wasn't too long after that uh, that uh, the, the first-generation iPhone came out, and uh, and there you go. you got your everything device there. You've got so. your everything device. Unfortunately, you don't get to wear anything quite as cool as the Batman utility belt. <laughs> That's, That's the right. Downside. You don't. You know, to, oh well, <laughs> to, to all that. But you know, on the other hand, it's a little easier to to just carry a phone around than than to have the Batman utility belt. So, so this story was actually from nineteen, excuse me, from uh, twenty fourteen, and there was a follow up. There was a follow up yep. to this over at AEI dot org, and I'm not sure what AEI is, but they did an article called "How Much Would an iPhone Have Cost in 1991?" and they said that this piece was interesting, but that in saying that it would have cost 5000 bucks to have that capability kind of missed the mark, right? That, that actually that was not a good estimate for what the, what the iPhone actually does and what it would have cost to have that kind of capability back in 1991. So they, they start doing some back-of-the-envelope estimates and putting together some numbers, looking at things like the... 32 gigs of flash memory. Um, they, they look at the processors, the CPU, all of it, right? All of these things that in 2014 were much more commoditized, obviously much smaller, much easier to come by than the equivalent technologies, assuming there were even equivalent technologies back in 1991. They started adding it up. And suddenly you're looking at 1.4 million here, 620,000 dollars there, 1.5 million there, and in the end, they're saying, "Listen, 
your $5,000 iPhone was not a $5,000 iPhone. In 1991, a piece of equipment like that would have cost $3 million, right? Okay, so your, your 2014 iPhone 7, back in 1991, to, to accomplish the same things, to have that same capability that you paid a few hundred dollars for, right, or got free with a service plan, would have cost $3 million. Now, what do you think of that, Stephen? That's a, that's a pretty big leap from 5000 isn't it? Well, it's not, it's not far enough. Um, if if <laughs> I were to get in a time machine and ca- yeah, if I was to get in a time machine and carry my smartphone with me back to that year, and uh, <clears throat> and you know demand a billion dollars for uh, that device, it, whoever bought it for a billion dollars would be getting a bargain. How do you figure? Well, you know, reverse engineer it. I mean, and you're you're. You know, you're you know how many years ahead? You're like 30 years ahead of everybody else in the world. True. Um, yeah. Although the reverse engineering is going to be some, you're going to have to lay a it'd, lot it'd be, of infrastructure down. Yeah. To yeah, it, to, it'd, to, it'd to recreate tough. that phone. But I, but I see what you're saying. You, you you would give somebody a huge head start on the year 2014, right? Maybe they maybe they could have gotten there by 1998 or something like that, right? Assuming you. Uh, right. You you take it back in time. That's a great that's a great little time travel scenario, and I really like that. But there's more. Here's another follow up that came from I believe this one is this year from uh, FEE.org, and that is the Foundation for Economic Education. I've actually written for these guys before. The iPhone in your pocket is worth millions. This is from earlier this year, just a couple months ago. And they're reviewing this whole story, and they're saying, well, if it was worth $3 million in 2014, what's it worth today? And once again, we go through this very complex breakdown of you know, how many gigabytes, how many gigahertz, how much did it cost then, how much would it be worth now? And it's amazing when you look at really how much more powerful an iPhone is. 8 is than an iPhone 7, how much more powerful an iPhone 10 is than an iPhone 8. It's, it's amazing to see, you know, people talk about Moore's Law is over, but to see it still very much in action and still providing just untold value, although it's not untold because they add it all up and they get to 12.6 million, okay? So if you wanted to have today's iPhone back in 1991, their, their theory is it would, take, it would take about $12 million to get there. And 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 I don't think people can adequately appreciate what that really means, right? To think about that, to think that you spend a few hundred bucks, or not even that, you just take it for free with a service plan. Of course, you are paying for it over time because of the because you're paying for it through the service plan. But but a, a device that you can essentially get with no money out of your pocket initially would have cost twelve million dollars in nineteen ninety one, right? It's really it's really pretty astounding to think about it. We're we're a lot better off in some select areas than almost than you can describe, really, when you think about it. I mean, we're we're all kind of rich. We're we're electronics rich, right? We're not necessarily rich in all well, other and, departments. And capability rich. Capability yeah. rich. Because think of you know what what I can accomplish uh, in my job, Phil, is I, I think if I if if I were to go back to the 1980s and you know and just compare what it would t- you know what, what kind of staff would it take to accomplish what I accomplished day in and day out back in the 1980s? Um, probably take uh, at least uh, you know a, a, an attorney with any kind of experience that I've got, which is 
uh, 20 years now. It's yep. like an attorney, an attorney by experience, plus perhaps two or three staff attorneys, and a, a, and probably five or six assistants. I would, yep. That's the kind of staff it would take to do what I and two assistants do now. And, uh, and you know and what that really, says to me, Stephen? If with, somebody else is getting that $12 million, right? Because you're not getting it. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, all my competition does the same thing. Right, right. I mean, you guys are all out know, there I doing mean, the work you, of a dozen people, but you're not getting the $12 million. It's, it's, it's the Red Queen problem, right? You run yeah. faster and harder and harder to stay in the same place. Right. Uh, but right. Uh, it's, it, it is what it is, though. I mean, we are, and, and you know, it's not just not just me and my job. It's practically everybody. Uh, so, um, you know, it is, there is, a, uh, the world is a lot more productive now. And uh, Well, when you talk about capability, this is something I've touched on lots of times, that if you compare what you can do from where you are right now, and by you, I mean anyone who has a smartphone, anyone who has Internet access, and a reasonably up-to-date device of any kind can do compared to what people, what you could have done before this technology was available, right? Let's just let's go through the list because I've got it in front of me. I happen to have it in front of me, and this is just a partial list, but I think it's a good one. You can read virtually any book that's ever been in print. You can send and receive an unlimited number of messages with people all over the world. They can be email messages. You can FaceTime with people. You can Skype with people. You can talk to anybody you want to just about anywhere in the world. You can take any of thousands of free college courses, Right? From, from where no. you are right now, if you wanted to, you could take a college class. You can place an order for virtually any imaginable product or service. And people think about retail, and of course retail is huge, but this also includes the whole global supply chain. Right? If you know what you're doing yeah. and you download the right apps, you can order a machine parts, right? You can, machine tools. You can order a 747 from where you are right now. Assuming you have the money to do it, obviously I'm not saying if you have the it. means, I highly recommend picking one up. Yeah, and it's it's worth trying. I, I want if actually anyone who has ordered a 747 off their smartphone, I would like them to call in because that would be a we, we, be, you know, that, that's a great story. Uh, drop like me a line. We'd like to hear that. Yeah, you can listen to just about any music that's ever been recorded. You can watch any of thousands right. of movies and TV shows. You can write a paragraph, or you can write an article, or you can write a book, and then you can share it with whoever, dozens of people, hundreds of people, millions of people, right? From wherever you are right now, you can do that. You can apply for a job or dozens of jobs or thousands of jobs. You can record and distribute music. You can produce and distribute a movie or a TV show. Think about this. Think about the things you can do that you couldn't once do. Or you can launch a business, right? All of that embedded in one little rectangular device that you can stick in your pants pocket, right, that doesn't weigh... Two pounds, right? And, 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 of course, and, and, and you and I are both happily married guys, Phil, but, uh, you know, think, think of someone that's single and lonely. I mean, how, how fast can you have something up on Match.com and have a date? I mean, there you go. You exactly. Know, yeah. I mean, yeah. just uh, it's, it's every aspect of your life that, uh, that has been affected by these, these devices, and not just, not just the smartphone, but we, we say the smartphone probably more often than anything else because it's so connected to us. You know, you, you know can you imagine leaving the house anymore without one? I mean, it's just uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the essential thing. It, it would be hard. Yeah. It's like if I leave the yeah. house without it, I go back and get it, right? It's like, right, right. Uh, you can get two-thirds of the way into work and, uh, well, I, I'm going to be late. You can turn around and go all the way back home and pick it up. 
Um, okay, so so to recap, so far we've gone yeah. from a smartphone that in 1999 would have been worth $5,000 to one that would have been worth $3 million to one that would have been worth $12 million. Now we're going to move the starting point back in time just a little bit. And we've already talked about this, but it's worth touching on once again. This was Jay Bradford DeLong talking about what, what, it, what would it have taken to build an iPhone 10, not in 1991, but in, he chose 60 years ago, 1957, right? So assuming you put all the resources you had available to try to match this device, this iPhone 10, back in 1957, what would it take? How could, you, how could you accomplish it? And the short answer is it's impossible. You couldn't do it, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. a yeah. lot of the stuff just didn't even begin to exist. So we we're talking about it, even in 1991, you'd have this huge ramp up of infrastructure you'd have to create just to create the parts, to create the parts, to create the parts. In 91, there's, uh, in 57, there's just no chance at all that you're going to that, that get the clock speed, yeah. that you're going to have anything if, if like the display. Not, yeah, if you, if you were not worried about the size of the device and you built it from vacuum tubes. How big of a device are we talking about, Phil? Right. Well, we're talking about a device that would, one, it would cost $150 trillion of today's dollars, okay, which is about one and a half times the total global annual product. So if you add up all the GDPs of all the countries in the world, it's not even this amount of money. So literally, literally all the money in the world to build this thing. Yeah. It would take up a 100-story square building, 300 meters high, and three kilometers long and wide. To build it. Uh, these were not vacuum tubes, by the way. These were the transistors of the day, which I believe were one step up from vacuum tubes. So there, there, was, okay. A, okay. there was an equivalent thing. Uh, not equivalent, but uh, you know, there, was a, there was a step beyond trans, uh, vacuum tubes at the time. It would draw 150 terawatts of power, which is 30 times the world's current generating capacity. Okay, so, <laughs> so you literally couldn't do it. Okay, and of course, as I like to point out, even if you did somehow do it, you'd only have one iPhone, right? You couldn't even play words with friends yeah, with anybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be useless. You know, you, there's no one even to follow you on Snapchat on that thing, right? This 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 behemoth, and he he goes into he goes into lots more detail about trying to achieve the clock speed, and the price tag just goes up and up and up. It starts at beyond human capacity to pay for it and it just keeps skyrocketing from there so when you look at that you say in some ways when i hold my iphone in my hand i'm better off than anybody who lived in 1991 i am i've i've got all the capabilities we just talked about and they didn't have those i didn't have those back in those days i couldn't just listen to any music i wanted to anytime i wanted to i couldn't just access any book i couldn't I couldn't send mess, unlimited messages to anybody in the world. That, those capabilities were beyond me and would have cost thousands and thousands of dollars back in those days. And I have that all today, and I completely take it for granted. Yes, today we are wealthier than anybody who lived in 1991. But you have to get your head around, today we are wealthier than everybody who lived in 1957. Okay, You put them all together, right? Everybody. And we're still Everybody we're, all together. <laughs> yeah, we're we're richer than the whole world was in 1957. That's that's the amazing wealth machine right there. And the amazing wealth machine is innovation. It's technological innovation. We were talking before the show. We, we've talked about ephemeralization. That's a huge piece of it. When you can take that whole Radio Shack shelf worth of ads, right? Right? You know, you know, he talked in terms of how much they would have cost. It would be interesting to compare shelf space for all of those devices. Weight 
for all of those devices, right? And say, well, how, how big would all of that been and how much would it have weighed compared to your <laughs> smartphone, right? That's, you, that's, you'd have to, yeah, I don't know, you'd have to build an Iron Man suit and have lots of pockets, you know, at that. <laughs> Basically, the, the other item you need to buy is the forklift. See, so once you buy the forklift, it's, you haven't saved as much, really, because those were, even back then, kind <laughs> of pricey. To carry it. <laughs> to, to carry all that stuff around, absolutely. You know, the, 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 the point is, as we innovate, we get richer. We, you know, the amazing wealth machine is Moore's law, it's the human imperative, it's the law of accelerating returns. That is generating unbelievable amounts of wealth. And something that has occurred to me that I think hadn't occurred to me prior to kind of reading over these stories and thinking about this is I think we're just short of this kind of wealth showing up in every other area in life, right? Right now it shows up in all of these information-touching areas of life. And as all the production of goods increasingly becomes an information-touching area of life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit them too. And the phrase that has occurred to me, Stephen, is uh, see if you like this. this. This dawned on me earlier while I was thinking about the show. Post-scarcity is here. It just isn't evenly distributed yet. What do you think? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, and to the extent that the developed world has this, and uh, the developing world does not, you know, to some extent, uh, the, uh, the developing world is able to leapfrog uh, the developed world because they don't have legacy issues, uh, right? With some That's of right. These technologies, and so, you know, it's uh, it, these things are are, are really the. Uh, in some ways, are the equalizers of the entire world. You know, the, we, we've been divided into haves and have-nots so long that, uh, you know, to see a whole world of haves. You know, we may, we may, we may live to see that. And that's, well, that's, in fact, that's pretty cool. I, I think they will be in a good position to leapfrog in a way that we're not ready for. Because, you know, we have Brian Wong, we talk about basic power. And we talk about these projects to put water filtration plants into a village or, or put, you know, some basic solar infrastructure into a village. These folks are already kind of used to sharing resources to take a technological leap. Well, well, what happens when the shared resource is a universal assembler, right? Or the, you know, 0.001 version beta of a universal assembler, right? They're going to get it before we do, right? Because they're going to be the ones who are already kind of working in that direction and, and working off that model. We're kind of, you know, still very much in a individual private property kind of model for how everything gets owned. And I think that might actually slow us down towards getting to some of these solutions that ultimately will deliver on the real promise of post-scarcity. So I think, I, I think it's true. When you say that it's not evenly distributed yet, definitely there's the issue between the developed world and, and the developing world. But there's also just the fact that we have eliminated scarcity in some areas, right? Everything we, did, we talked about before, books and music and all that kind of stuff, but we haven't yet eliminated scarcity in, say, food, right? We haven't eliminated it in energy or transportation or clothing or right, housing. Right. And, and so it's that lack of distribution, too. And the thing is, we yeah. got that first wave where it was all the ephemeralization stuff, we, you know, and now it's, there's going to be this, we, we need, what is the opposite of, 
ephemeralization. What's the next step? It's like resubstantiation. I'm just making that word up. I don't know that that's right at all. But it's like where that infrastructure actually starts touching the physical world and populating the physical world again. And it's possible, although we had the huge head start on the ephemeralized side, they might get the big head start on the substantialized side of things. But even if they don't, they'll catch up fast. I think uh, once... uh, once once we're moving in that direction, it becomes kind of this this thing like, well, you know, I've got an iPhone and somebody else has an Android, and 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 we can argue about who's got the better platform and who has the better features. Actually, the Android personal price say they can probably make a pretty good case that they've got the that they've got the better technology. But somebody living in a village in Indonesia who has a whatever offshoot off brand, right? Who really truly can't compare to the Android or the, or the iPhone platform, you know what? They've still got a device that would have been worth like $10 million in 1991, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, the point is, once, once you make that leap, once the, the leapfrogged capabilities set in, there's no going back, right? There, you, uh, you know, I, the, I've heard it said this way, that the Maasai warrior with the flip phone in his pocket uh, has a better communication system than President Nixon, right? You know, and and, and more information I mean, at his fingertips than President Clinton. Okay, right. So you right. know, probably even the first president or second President Bush. So <laughs> that's you know that's that's pretty astounding, and yeah. I think we're going to see post scarcity get even better distributed. But even if it doesn't, even if that takes a lot longer. You can't help but look forward to what what are we going to have 10 years from now, right? I mean, when when we look at all the capabilities that's been piled up and piled up and piled up over the last couple of decades, what's it going to look like a few years down the road? I can't even begin to guess, can you? No. No. It's uh it's it's an explosion uh in all directions, really, Phil. I mean, uh with every, with every aspect of humanity, every uh frontier being pushed at by by this basic tool, right? I mean, it's a uh, you you have the ability to uh, um, uh, to be innovative in ways that just weren't available to to people before. So yeah, it's it's uh, it it's, seems like you know what? It's, it's almost done. got to start really delivering on the post scarcity stuff. It's almost got to start yeah. delivering on the material world stuff, just because what's left, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> how much how much more how much more Marginal improvement can you provide on information? Now, the truth is probably almost infinite, right? There's, there's probably a huge amount that, that can be provided, and the fact that I can't imagine it doesn't mean it's not there. But it's, it's still it's, – it's pretty easy to imagine that the pendulum starts swinging that way too. And all I have to say is I'm a big believer in the amazing wealth machine. Hey, follow these links, folks. Read these stories and see if you don't agree that – Without noticing it, we seem to have entered the post-scarcity age, and I'm looking forward to what comes next. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our amazing Wednesday. Looking forward to picking this back up on Friday. We've got a brand new show, including a big geek out. Stephen, been great talking with you. It's been great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it. (laughs) 